Come on. Bill, are you ready? I was born ready, George. I love it. I'm ready. The people are ready. Let's go. Welcome to Lifeblood Engage. This is George G. Our guest today is the strong and powerful Bill Ekstrom. He's the founder and CEO of Excel. They're an institute, an organization creating happier teams and more profitable companies by turning leaders into coaches. He's the author of The Coaching Effect, and he is a keynote speaker. Bill, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. <laughs> Uh, let's see how much time do we have. Go. <laughs> My personal life is uh, wonderfully simple, which is I am a proud husband, father of three children, um, two dogs. We, you know, having the kids gone now, we talk a lot about our dogs. One of which is a therapy dog, and which kind of gets to the some of the personal stuff, but. Uh, our yellow Labrador Aspen and I do a lot of therapy dog work together. Um, why I do what I do is because I am obsessed with growth. And if you want to narrow that down a little bit, not only am I obsessed with growth, but I am obsessed with a leader or coach's impact on growth. And as a result, I lean heavily on research, specifically our research to understand it. And I'm trying to think what else might be helpful. So let's just stop there. I like it. What? How, how did you figure out that you are obsessed with growth and how long has this been going on? Um, I couldn't, I, I think I've been obsessed, George, that's a good question. I, I think I've been obsessed with growth for a long time. I just couldn't articulate it. Um, I've been obsessed with leaders and coaches' impact on performance. And really, I've taken that performance and narrowed it down, or, or I use growth more as, as opposed to performance. Um, in the world of, of, of athletics and business, and now we do work in the world of sport, um, performance is a whole different deal. In business, it's more focused on growth. In the world of sport, performance doesn't, sometimes you can have growth without performance. Uh, you can see growth in practice in athletes. You can, you know, it, but sometimes it doesn't uh, um, manifest on the court or in the gym, for example, or on a field. In business, it's usually hand in hand. So if we grow, the results will usually show up in numbers, revenue, whatever it may be. Um, as a young man, I had the wonderful opportunity of um, watching what was once a, a proud athletic, specifically football program at Nebraska. And I was really obsessed with how they were able to do that in a state like ours. How did Tom Osborne do what he did? And I found myself watching how he behaved on the field. I would, you know, and that would, I, w I would watch other people in business and in sports as well. I would find myself focusing as much on the sidelines as I would the players on the field. 
And I didn't really realize that until I got older. Um, then the growth aspect of it really came around when, when I had my coach ask me what my personal why was. This is probably seven, eight years ago, and I couldn't answer. I could tell what our companies was, but I couldn't tell what mine was. And that sent me on a journey um, over a course of several days of being obsessed with trying to figure out what that was. And um, then I realized by looking at a plant in my office that I refused to let die, I bring it in, I took care of it, and I remember, and I remember thinking, that's it. It's about helping that thing grow. So everything, whether it's therapy dog work or business, uh, my philanthropic work, everything revolves around seeing people and things grow around me and as well as myself. Long answer to a short question, George. Nice. What a, what a great, uh, great metaphor slash analogy. There's this plant in my office. I'm just not going to let this thing die. <laughs> Something that, uh, and this is maybe going to take us uh, off off down a rabbit hole, but but what the heck? I'm I'm fascinated by the idea of uh, is it easier, harder, easier to hold on or let go? I'm talking about maybe you should have let that plant die at some point. Um, is how 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 do you think about that in 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 relation to to people? Wow, <laughs> I love rabbit holes. By the way. <laughs> Um, I think sometimes to let go is to grow. I think at times, especially when, when I look at um, the business world, um, we have an obligation. Not I don't own someone else's growth. They do. As a leader, as a coach, I own... The uh, I have the responsibility to help them learn how to affect it. Does that make sense? So, mm -hmm. so it's not I don't own your growth, George. If 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 you're on my team and I'm in business or in sport, it doesn't matter. If you're on my team, you own your growth, but I own the ability to help you unlock it and see it and and achieve it. Um, that's what my role is, and, and sometimes. If I can't do it or you don't want to do it, I think letting go is a step still in that direction if it's done wisely. Yeah, I think that that makes a lot of sense. When you talk about uh, data, how, how and, and you talk about getting your own, and I think a lot of the time when, when we're listening to people talk about different topics, it's a little fluffy. Uh, but when you bring data in, tell me tell me a little bit about how you think about that uh, and that your 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 process? Well, th there's a lot of things to do that do with research and data. Uh, number one is for me, uh, the right data tells a story, and so I look for the story. What what is in there? It's it's not just a single number. It's not a data point, but Data done well should paint a picture, a, a more robust picture of something for me. And um, when we look at, for example, how leaders impact teams, which is which is the data that I'm most obsessed with, is 
some people used to think, for example, when we look at high growth coaches and leaders, and we talk about this in our book, the ability for a leader to create trust-based relationships or connections with people on their team. A lot of people used to think, well, that's the, that's the fluffy stuff. Well, it was fluffy because you couldn't measure it. Hmm. It's fluffy because you couldn't correlate it to outcomes. And in our research, we've been able to do that. In our data, I can tell you now, I can, I can quantify, whether it's in the world of sport or, or business, I can quantify the strength of that trust-based relationship between the leader and the people on their team. And then we can even go as far as to say, how big of an impact does that have on the bottom line, on sales growth, on, on a team's dis overall discretionary effort? Um, so data that can't be, or excuse me, um, things that can't be measured, skills that can't be measured might be referred to as soft skills. When you can measure them, they become hard skills. And data then can tell us whether or not those skills have an impact. And I'm assuming that the ability to connect with people, in fact, does have an impact. Oh, it does. Yeah, but it, it, it clearly does in our research. We, we've been able to identify six items that leaders and coaches control that, that literally are in their control that have a very strong, uh, we would argue, the, 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 the strongest impact on getting a team to provide discretionary effort and um, trust-based connections, psychological safety, uh, skill development, um, structure, challenge. Uh, these are all examples in, of, of what leaders or coaches control, whether it's in the work, workplace or in, in athletics, that have a huge outcome on growth. I, I, I think that that's incredible because I can't imagine that there's too many leaders out there if it's who, whoever you're leading and you are, if your heart is in the work and you're wanting to help those that you are responsible to for get better that you wouldn't want a framework that can help to 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 improve that i think that that is the idea that that i'm not go ahead you'd be surprised on that okay <laughs> it's it, it, you know the, this whole and gets back to this concept of discomfort but it's hard to see it's hard to receive data that shows that my team doesn't trust me as much as I thought they would. Mm. It's hard to see data when your team does would say, hey, uh, you know, my psychological safety score on one to 100 is a, a 64. You know, it's hard to see that the team says they don't feel as challenged as a result of my coaching. So while it makes since intellectually leaders understand that I get it, I, this, this is a starting point, now I would know how to grow, emotionally, there's a, there's a gap between what it says, intellectual understanding versus emotional readiness. Intellectually, I get it, it makes sense. 
emotionally I'm not ready to see that because it hurts or it may surprise me so I'm not ready to change what do you do when that happens (laughs) (laughs) Uh, work with those who do Uh, and, and I think that's sometimes a challenge for organizations they say well not all of our people will do this so we're going to hold back the ones that want to we're going to hold back your top performers that really want to evolve that are continually working to grow and you're not going to do something because you have some low performers who won't use it so you know we have an obligation to them all which is to help them understand and it's up to them whether or not they're, they're going to do anything with it what is, give me that, uh, you said intellectual understanding, is it, it doesn't equate to um, emotional doing, something like that? So intellectual understanding versus emotional readiness, um, meaning that, uh, here's a good way. So if I'm doing, for example, speaking engagement, one of the things every now and then, depending, depending on the audience or topic, I'll ask the audience, how many of you believe that diet and exercise uh, has an impact on the quality and longevity of your life. 100 out of 100 hands go up, right? Okay, great. How many of you in the audience want to have a greater quality and, and longer life? Every hand goes up. How many of you diet and exercise properly every day? One out of 10. So, Right there, what what it's showing is I intellectually understand. I intellectually desire to have a great quality and longevity of life. I'm not emotionally ready to diet and exercise properly every day. Yeah. So you're talking to CEO of a large company all across the United States, and they have leaders spread out, and he or she says, she says, well, not everybody's going to want to do this. I've got a lot of people, and what what a tough situation that is because why would you want to hang on to folks that are going to be opposed to this, but at the same time, we can't throw the baby out with the bathwater kind of a thing. Yes. So are you asking how would I respond to that? Yeah. It's just I, I imagine that's that's a huge part of, of, of your work because again, the leader understands, yeah, I, I get it, but I'm just, I, I, I can't see actually implementing this because the, cause the cost is too high, but not doing it, the cost is too high. Yeah, that's, and it, that's a challenge. It's, it gets back to, you know, leaders are paid to drive change. They're truly paid to drive evolution. It, it's not about status quo. I mean, my goodness. If the, the, but what holds them back so often is the discomfort that comes with that. You know, one time we had someone, and, I, and I'll call her courage, courageous for, how she, for, for what she said, as shocking as it is, she said, okay, now let me get this straight. You're going to be able to show me which of my leaders are strong, which aren't strong. That is correct. And according to your research and your data, about 60% of them are going to be good, 40% percent 
probably aren't going to make a shift, aren't going to do much going forward. Correct. So basically you're saying, Bill, that over time I may have to get rid of up to 40% of my leaders or replace them or find another place for them. Correct. And then she looked at me and she goes, do you know how much work that creates for me? No, thank you. <laughs> so basically I'd rather go on doing what I'm doing than try and elevate the entire team to grow at a higher level because that creates more work for me. Yeah. Well, I appreciate the honesty. Exactly. <laughs> I, think I think that's what businesses face all the time, is, is how, how disruptive am I really willing to be to create the growth that the organization or that the team needs or that individuals need? Do you ever ask people that right off the top when, when you're meeting a prospective client? Uh, I have. And, and most, most, again, it gets back to the intellectual understanding. Very few will ever say, oh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid of being disruptive or I'm, a, I'm afraid or of, of creating change or evolution. Um, we used to research a question, do you consider yourself a finished product? And of course we quit asking because nobody said no. Uh, um, or nobody said I consider myself a finished product, so we quit asking. But behaviors show otherwise. I mean, how many times people say, yeah, I'm gonna send my people on my team to, for example, continuing education, but help them get better in their role, help them da 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 da. Well, what about you? Well, I'm pretty busy. I got so many meetings. Got I got a lot so going on. <laughs> what a great question. Do you consider yourself a finished product? Going back to the whole thing, it's like how many do you think diet and exercise is important and do you understand how to do it and how many of you are actually doing it? And it's this massive gap. Uh, human beings, Bill, human beings. Yeah, it is human beings and it's, it, and it's also understanding well, anyway, we'll, we can go down another apple. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I I love it. I think that that's great. Well, Bill, I think that the people are ready for that difference-making tip. What do you have for them? A difference-making tip. Um, relish and discomfort, I think, would be my difference-making tip because um, as I seems to have stuck with me and I had the opportunity to do a TED talk uh, titled Why Comfort Will Ruin Your Life and in there I have a saying where he says uh, something I'm not going to quote it exactly but the gist of it is this is it's, you need to become comfortable with discomfort and you need to relish in the discomfort at times because growth only occurs in a state of discomfort and Again, intellectually understanding that is, uh, is there a gap there between there and readiness? Of course there is. But intellectual understanding usually is the first step to growth in anything we do. So if people understand that growth only occurs while I'm in a state of discomfort, whether psychologically, physiologically, that's the first step, one of the first steps to growth. So relish in discomfort and know that on the other end will be growth. 
Well, I think that that is great stuff that definitely gets to come on. Come on. Bill, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you? How can they engage with you? Uh, I love engaging them, believe it or not, on social media. Well, on certain social media. Uh, I am active on LinkedIn, uh, Bill Ekstrom on LinkedIn, Twitter, at Bill Ekstrom. Uh, I have a personal website, BillEkstrom.com. And our company website is excelinstitute.com, and that's E-C-S-E-L-L institute.com. Our book is called The Coaching Effect, and I am um, humbled to say that the book's been on the bestseller list ever since it was first rolled out two years ago, or announced, introduced, I'm not sure the words they use. And uh, the TED Talk that I had a wonderful opportunity to do, as I, as I mentioned earlier, is called White Comfort Will Ruin Your Life. I love it. Well, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Bill your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. You can find Bill on LinkedIn, Twitter. You can find him at BillExtrom.com. Find his company at Excel Institute. E-C-S-E-L-L institute.com pick up a copy of The Coaching Effect wherever fine books are sold and check out his TED Talk which has been viewed millions of times Why Comfort Will Ruin Your Life Thanks again Bill Thank you George And until next time keep fighting the good fight we are all in this together <laughs>